Madness is here. Say goodbye to busted brackets because FanDuel lets you bet on every game of the tournament. Whether you're betting on a big upset or a one seed, it's time to go dancing on America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets if your first $5 bet wins on FanDuel. That's 200 bucks to use on point spreads, money lines. You can even pick who's going to win it all. Just visit FanDuel.com slash on three and bet on college hoops until they cut down the nets. Must be 21 and older and present in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus. Bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Fanduel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino, LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Kentucky, Tennessee, Virginia, and Vermont. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com. Dot com in Kansas, 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net in West Virginia or call 1-800-522-4700 in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gamblinghelplinema.org or call 800-327-5050-424-7 support in Massachusetts or call 1-877-8-HOPE. NY or text Hope NY in New York. A big day yesterday for Penn State basketball, especially when it comes to recruiting and roster building. So we bring in our basketball expert, Dave Eckert, on the BWI Daily Edition. I'm your host, Thomas Frank Carr. Dave, big basketball day yesterday. How are you feeling after the flurry of activity? Yeah, it was a little refreshing, right? You know, you're talking about basketball in late March, right? It doesn't happen with Penn State too often. <laughs> Not the same way as what it might sound like when you say that, but yeah, exactly. No. Yeah, it was uh it was interesting. It's um a couple uh, a couple important pieces of news that we can get to. So it should be a fun conversation. Yeah, 2022 and 2023 are taking shape for Penn State basketball. Um, just as a kind of a housekeeping note, the BWI Daily Edition comes out around 4 o'clock. We are going to discuss Penn State football a little bit later, but we are recording this in the morning. This comes out later in the day, and most likely you'll be watching this probably when we're at practice. So we're not going to have any updates for you on the Daily today when it comes to practice because of that sort of like time lapse there. But we will be getting to some of our thoughts about Penn State spring football today. And then, of course, tomorrow on the BWI Mailbag Edition, we'll get to your thoughts on Penn State football. So that's all coming up uh, in the near future for uh, the Nittany Lions football team. Also, we'll have a, uh, an update from practice tonight. So make sure you stay tuned for that as well. And if you don't want to miss any of these things, subscribe to our YouTube channel. Just hit the subscribe button and then you don't miss anything. And of course, if you want to hit notifications so you never miss the second it comes out. But Dave, Logan Imes, big news yesterday. Tell us about the 6'4 point guard. 
Yeah, um, this is one that Penn State staff is really excited about. Um, so Penn State landed Logan Imes. Uh, as you said, 6'4 guard out of Zionsville High School in Indiana. Um, he's had a relationship with the Shrewsbury family. Um, he played with uh, Braden Shrewsbury on the uh, prep basketball circuit, or excuse me, the AAU basketball circuit. And um, yeah, he's he's a creative guard. He's somebody that Penn State's been chasing for a long time. Um, he's been one of their top point guard targets. So, yeah, um, big get for the Nittany Lions. So how big of a deal, I guess, is it that they got him in terms of he's an unranked player according to on three. So what is it about him that, that Penn State wanted so badly? I understand the relationship with the Shrewsbury's, but on, on the court, why was he such a high-priority player for, for Penn State? Yeah, he's he's somebody that can play effectively in Penn State's system, right? Um, if you look at what Penn State needs from its guards, um, it needs uh, an ability to play in the pick and roll, um, mm -hmm. and, and that's something that Logan Himes does very well. Um, it, it kind of is just everything comes through that guard, right? It, you know, if you watch Jalen Pickett, um, you know this season. You know, that's 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 effectively what Penn State wants. And, you know, Logan Imes has maybe not the entire skill set, but a, a, a similar skill set that can play well in that system. So, um, you know, they think he could really create. Um, they really like his passing ability. Um, he's improving as a shooter. He can defend. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I know that, you know, some folks on our message board actually were like, you know, they, they did the whole like he doesn't have any stars thing. Right. Um, and I kind of had to, to dive in and, and say he doesn't have any stars because he hasn't had the opportunity to get in front of the right people. Right. So I would expect that by the end of the summer, there will be some stars next to his name. Um, <laughs> you know, so everybody relax. We're going right. to have some stars. It's going to be OK. The world that's, isn't ending. That's why I wanted to ask that question, because clearly there's a disconnect between um, what Penn State sees and what the recruiting industry has or hasn't seen. So that sort of information important and in, in context to fill out. He chose Penn State over. And and if the you know, after the list, was there really a competition or was it Penn State? And then if Penn State didn't want him, how did that really work out from what you saw? Yeah, I think I think there was a competition, right? Uh, he was on campus at a, at a couple of these places. Um, I think he went to Butler, um, you know. So the three best offers that he had were Butler, Creighton, and Virginia Tech. Um, he went to Virginia Tech too. Now that I think about it, but yeah. So you know, I, I do think that this was a uh, you know a competition. I don't think it was like always Penn State. The way that he explained it to me was. You know, before he came for his visit, his Penn State official visit, which was on March 16th, he was like, okay, you know, I'm at the point where if this goes well, I could see myself committing shortly after. And I guess it went well. Um, so, yeah, you know, um, I think there was kind of a situation where, like, you know, maybe if Indiana or Purdue had, had, had given him that offer, then maybe – you know, it might have thrown a wrench in things, but both both of those programs took point guards already in their 2023 class. Mm -hmm. um, so I, that probably helped Penn State a little bit. So, yeah, um, you know, uh, Penn State beat out, I would say, 
at least three programs that are probably like above them on the food chain. Um, you know, two good Big East schools in, in Butler and Creighton, and then you know an uh, NCAA tournament team that just won the ACC in Virginia Tech. And then, um, you know, his other notable offer was probably Wake Forest. And, you know, it's probably debatable whether they're above Penn State on the food chain or not. But still, um, you know, uh, uh, somebody that had interest from, you know, maybe not big time programs, but but programs with successful successful basketball histories. Six four one seventy five, and you're seeing his highlights here if you're watching on YouTube, which is always the benefit of watching on YouTube. Um, what do you think about his game as far as we, we've been told he's a creative player? He, he mentioned that in your article. Um, can get to the bucket with some creativity, so not without tools, but the way he described himself, creativity, vision, and basketball IQ. What do you think his best attribute is amongst those? Yeah, I mean, if if you ask him, and and certainly I'm, I'm I'm not a basketball scout, so I'll go with what he says. It's probably <laughs> his his uh, his creativity, right? Um, and I think that kind of meshes with what Penn State wants out of that position. And you know, when when people read creativity, I think they think passing, but I I think it's kind of everything, right? He can create yeah. for himself. He can create for his teammates. Um, you know, here, right? You see him you know, going off a ball screen there, just a little bit of a, above the three-point line. He's going to be doing a lot of that at Penn State. Um, right here, again, same thing. So, yeah, I think I think he's a creator. So, um, you know, I, I think he's got to probably improve a little bit shooting the ball. Mm -hmm. um, he's got some time to do that. Um, but I think he was 32% from three, if his max preps profile is correct, um, which... 50 50 uh, but uh <laughs> i think yeah. Penn State fans um, would like to see it be 50 50 yeah well yeah I, I, he might play in the nba if it's 50 50 so. <laughs> so that's uh, uh, an interesting profile from a player that uh, feels like he's ascending for the nittany lions um so what is the class of 2023 look like at this point uh with the committed players and and then we'll get into the prospects they're looking at outside of there yeah so um, Logan is, is the second commit for Penn state in the class of 2023. The other one is Braden Shrewsbury, his buddy, um, and, and Mike Shrewsbury's son, obviously, um, another guard. So Penn state has two guards now. Um, you know, so you probably might look for, um, some guys at other positions moving forward, but yeah, uh, two guys that can score the ball. Um, Braden's probably, wouldn't say he's a better scorer, but I, I think that's probably like a bigger part of his game, mm -hmm. um, you know. Um, and the interesting thing is, is they're probably going to play on the the same uh, AAU team this summer. So um, I think that'll be the third year that they do that. So we'll get like another, uh, they'll get another chance to play together. And, and, you know, sometimes those games are on TV and stuff. So, you know, Penn State fans might be able to watch two future Nittany Lions kind of play together if they want. So... Yeah, um, good start to the class, I would say. Um, you know, there are some big fish out there that that Penn State is is involved with. That I think if they land one or two of those, and and you know you you keep Imes and Shrewsbury, then you're talking about a really good class. So um, yeah, we'll see. We'll see where they end up. With that being back-to-back, -back, good classes then for Shrewsbury to start yeah. his career at Penn State. Uh, a very important way to start as well. 
it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, so let's talk about some current Nittany Lions. Not only did Penn State get a commit yesterday, they also got a player in the transfer portal by the fact he didn't leave. And Miles Dredd announced he's returning to Penn State next season. Also announced that he had a, sh- a torn shoulder labrum that he played with last season. So when it comes to Miles Dredd, um, what does he bring to the table in terms of his timetable to return. Because I was looking up how long it takes to recover from a, and he called it, severely torn shoulder labrum. It may require six months to a year. So what are you expecting out of Miles Red next season? Yeah, I just I just want to point out to you, Frank, real quick. I, I, I don't believe that he was ever in the transfer portal. I think he's just saying that he's going to use his fifth year here. Right, um, right. And that was but, uh, our artistic uh, liberties with my wording. But yes, <laughs> that, very important to be factual about the fact that he never entered his name in the portal. It was just a question of whether or not he was going to stay because of the situation we just outlined. Right. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's interesting. I, I mean... I don't know. I, I, I this is the first time that I'm hearing the timeline for a, a torn shoulder labrum. So if it's six months, then that puts him probably just about on pace to be OK for the start of the season. Right. Yeah. Um, if it's longer than that, then, yeah, it, it's it's going to it's going to eat into eat into 2022, 23 here. So, you know, I mean, look, it just I, I would expect that if if Penn State didn't think that they were going to get something from Miles Dredd, then they probably, you know, that this probably wouldn't have happened. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, I, I think I think he'll be productive, um, assuming that his recovery goes well. I think we kind of know what he is, right? Mm-hmm. Um, he's a guy who's going to shoot pretty good from three. He's going to defend all right for you. Um, he's gonna he's gonna be a voice in the in, in the locker room. Penn State doesn't have a lot of those, right? They're losing John Hera. There mm-hmm. aren't a lot of guys who have been around at this point. Um, you know, so Miles is one of those. You look at Seth Lundy, he's probably another one. Um, so I think he can have some value in that regard. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, Miles is not going to be the guy, you know, taking defenders off the dribble and getting to the rack. And 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 that that's just not who he is. He's going to yeah. shoot the ball. Um, he's going to have great games. He's going to have bad games. He's going to make big shots. He's going to miss big shots. So, so but part of, ahead, part sorry. of, I guess, part of his profile, especially last season, but in general has been, uh, I think a question of conditioning, but that's because he's been injured a lot and, and playing with a torn shoulder labrum. Um, do you think that 
if, and I know that we're getting into a lot of conjecture here, but if he's healthy for the first time in a long time, does that change his athletic profile? He's able to get into shape and, and actually put some work in. Yeah, I don't know if it changes what you're getting on the court because this is always who Miles Dredd has been. Right? Got it. Gotcha. I mean, since yeah, since he got here, he's going to spot up from three, and he's going to do the same thing the next time down the floor, and yeah. the same thing. You know what I mean? So it's it's he's he 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 has a role, right? He's not going to be a complete guard, and I don't I don't think that's what Penn State needs from him. They need guys who can make threes. So yeah. Yeah. you know, if if you're Miles Dredd. And and your Penn State that that's what you want from him. Can you reliably make a three point shot? Um, I'm gonna pull up his three point percentage from last season real quick, um, just because I don't have it off the top of my head. But yeah, so he made. Um, let me see. So he shot forty percent from three, forty one actually last season. That's good. Yeah. So you know, and I know he infuriated Penn State fans because he would miss the occasional open one. Um, but I do think that. If you're if you're a fan of Penn State, you have to kind of recognize that at the college level, guys aren't going to make fifty percent of their threes. They just aren't. It's yeah. not. It's, it doesn't work like that. So, you know, if you get forty one percent from three from Miles Dart again, you know he defends good for you. You know he he he's an effective leader in the locker room. Then I think that's a decent return. Yeah, uh, and playing with a torn shoulder labrum in his shooting yeah. shoulder and shooting forty one percent, I think that's a you, you can see he was effective at less than 100%. So the question just becomes, on the other side, on the healing side, can he get back to that sort right. of production in time? Because even if he's not 100% next year, I think he provides you with some, you know, some quality play out there uh, for a veteran. And I've always thought, again, going back now to the toughness profile, 6'4", he is built like a tank. I, I think he could have been a linebacker. <laughs> my my I can't turn the football off in my brain. Every time I look at him, I'm like, man, I want to I want to put you at like running back or fullback or 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 linebacker and see what happens. Uh and, and the toughness, I mean, playing through injury, that's he and John Harrow would have been a, a great start to an offense, especially if you've got them at like H back and fullback and tight end. Uh okay. So timetable to return. What does it? You kind of covered what it means from a non-play perspective. Um, is that a large portion of the reason for him to come back as well? Because Penn State needs that sort of uh, veteran presence, or is is it equally what he can do on the court? Because as you mentioned, stability, maturity, those are key things in in college basketball. Um, if you're not going to get all the talent, you need to have maturity. And and all that steadiness from being a veteran. So, how does that shake out in the locker room with with him there? Yeah, I think it's probably equal parts, right? You know, if Penn State didn't think that he was going to be a productive basketball player for them, I don't think that he would be returning. Um, but yeah, it's important because you know, I mean, again, they're losing their big guy, right? John Hara has done this for them for two years. He started doing it for them three years ago when they were really good. So. You know, it's it's where is that going to come from now? And I don't really think that there is an obvious answer. I mean, maybe it's Jalen Pickett. Um, you know, I I don't think he's an ex, ex, uh, uh, an especially vocal guy. Um, but yeah, I, is it Seth Lundy? Is it Miles Dredd? I mean, you've got some options here um, because I don't think that it's obvious. So I think it's a big deal. I don't think it's everything. Um, mm -hmm. You know, I mean, look. Pe 
So Penn State after this will have, um, I believe if my math is right, they'll have two two open scholarships um, for transfer portal portal additions. So with that in mind, if you look at the portal additions that Penn State was able to get last year, right, how many of them were more productive or more valuable than Miles Dredd? And Jalen Pickett, yes. Mm-hmm. Greg Lee, when he was healthy, maybe. Mm-hmm. After that, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't really think anybody was. So uh, it, it's, it's kind of like, you know, are you going to get m- more out of that spot from somebody else? And I think the answer is probably no. Um, although, you know, I, I guess every situation is different, but I, I, I think that this is probably the best, uh, the, the best move for Penn State. This is the BWI Daily Edition. I'm your host, Thomas Frank Carr. That is Dave Eckert, one of our uh, great reporters here at Blue White Illustrated. And as I mentioned at the top of the show, this is coming out right around the time that we are going to be at Penn State practice. So um, with that in mind, knowing that we haven't seen anything yet and we are a week in to Penn State practice, a little bit over that. But we've really only had one chance at the very beginning to see some stuff and kind of get some inclinations of what's going on what are you interested in seeing tonight at practice i'm interested in hearing from manny diaz who i believe is who we're getting right uh, uh mike yersich so, i believe mike yersich even better even more interesting so um yeah i mean you know hopefully yersich can can provide some thoughts on the young quarterbacks which i know is what everybody wants to hear about um and for me that's the valuable part of this right like you know i mean we go and we kind of watch them do like ball possession drills and and turn and like special teams. So you know it, what you can derive from that isn't always like super informative. For me, it's going to be okay. What does Mike Yurcich have to say about the running backs? What does Mike Yurcich have to say about Drulaar and Bo Pribula and Christian Veyu? So that to me is what I'm looking forward to. I know, I know you like the uh, the nitty gritty, T Frank. So. Uh, I'll ask you the same question. What are you looking for, um, you know, out of out of, out of the, the practice part of this? So, you know, I, I was doing some digging last week, and uh, you as a reporter can understand this. When you're going into something and you have a, a presupposition, you, you think you know something and you're looking for the evidence to confirm it. So I was looking at Juice Scruggs because he looked like an entirely different football player. And I'll just skip ahead here to uh, our video from last week of what he looked like in practice. I I was shocked at his transformation this offseason. So to me, I was thinking, okay, Penn State is, is bulking up at the center position to deal with nose tackles because they saw a lot of nose tackles last year. It was a real problem. And Scruggs didn't quite have the strength to help out with Mike Miranda. That kind of, that was one of the issues of double teams at the line of scrimmage. So then I thought, okay, Penn State has historically had lighter centers, right? They, they put more athletic players at the center position so they can get those double teams and then get those reach blocks on the center or the defensive tackle. So I went back through time. That is incorrect. Like, it's been pretty much 50-50 of whether they've had a guy over 310 or under 310. So I want to ask James Franklin and, and Juice Scruggs, uh, why the weight gain? Why uh, have why specifically do that this offseason? And what you're looking for from the center position when it comes to 
all that stuff and, and has it changed over time? Just kind of educate myself on what they're looking for and what they're trying to accomplish at the position. Because to me, that was the biggest thing. And one of the biggest things this offseason, I know everyone's excited about Nick Singleton and they're excited about, uh, you know, some of the other players that are coming in on offense and defense from the freshmen. But if they can improve along the offensive line and have some higher highs, peak a little higher, I think that makes everything easier. There were times where there was there was blocks to be taken advantage of. But it wasn't like they were wide open running lanes ever. It was like, okay, this is technically big enough if the running back hits it perfectly, and that didn't happen last season. So if Juice Scruggs and, and the guards that are lining up next to him are more physical and more intimidating and more uh, efficient in their double teams, I think that makes a huge difference. So I want to get a little bit more information, dig a little bit more on that. Um what other, so we're speaking to Jonathan Sutherland, James Franklin as well. What are you expecting when it comes to your weekend? What are you observing? Is there something that you want to know from a positional battle perspective? I think the linebackers are interesting, um, right? Uh, Kobe King, Tyler Elston is kind of what James Franklin made that out to be when we talked to him on uh, last Monday, which seems mm-hmm. like forever ago already. But, it uh, does. It does, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think that's interesting. I didn't, I didn't really get the chance to see either of those guys at practice. So I think that's probably what I'm going to hope to look for and and just kind of see how they're looking. Um, you know, I, I don't think we really know a lot about what's going on at that other safety spot uh, alongside Tig Brown either. So I think maybe going and and, and looking and, and, and checking that out might be something that I try to do. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's stuff there, there there's things to watch for all over the field right yeah. and again like the window that we get into this isn't probably the most indicative of like what's actually happening just based on the part of practice that we're allowed to see yep so you know what the coaches say more than anything that our eyes tell us i think is more important but there's there's so much to cover at this point in the year right there's there's so many questions that we don't know the answers to so definitely expecting a lot of information out of tonight and that's why, and by the way, you know, and this is kind of a, how the sausage is made that no one cares about. They're at opposite ends of the field. If you want to see the offense and the defense, mm-hmm. they're on separate fields on the opposite end. So <laughs> I get my cardio in because I'm one of the few people that will run back and forth. Cause I want to see everything. So if you see me sweaty out there, that is why, which is good for you. It's good for you. If they're running around on the field, I feel like I can run around on the sideline. It's not that weird. Is it Dave? Am I getting? Are people no, talking? it's fine, and it'll be a little cooler for you out there, right? Like, oh, you hopefully know, we're outside. That's a good point. Hopefully we are yeah. actually outside. Yeah, yeah. Oh gosh, I really hope that we're not inside because then <laughs> it's really hot, right? Like you gotta, you gotta, you gotta wear your winter coat to get up there because it's freezing outside. Yeah, and then you get into Haluba and it's ninety degrees. Yep, <laughs> it's, and, it's and brutal. I- and I know that like fans may not care about the difference, but the difference in what you see from what I see from what I'm al- what I can get to bring to you here on YouTube, it makes a difference being outside. So you better be hoping we're outside as well, so you can get better video coming up tonight on Blue White Illustrator, or should I say, in a couple of hours, as this is released uh, uh, Wednesdays in the afternoon. That'll do it today for the BWI Daily Edition. I'm your host Thomas Frank Carr. That is Dave Eckert. We'll be back with our mailbag episode coming up tomorrow. Madness is here. Say goodbye to busted brackets because FanDuel lets you bet on every game of the tournament. 
Whether you're betting on a big upset or a one seed, it's time to go dancing on America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets if your first $5 bet wins on FanDuel. That's 200 bucks to use on point spreads, money lines. You can even pick who's going to win it all. Just visit FanDuel.com slash on three and bet on college hoops until they cut down the nets. Must be 21 and older and present in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus. Bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Fanduel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino, LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Kentucky, Tennessee, Virginia, and Vermont. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text NEXTSTEP to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com. Dot com in Kansas, 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net in West Virginia or call 1-800-522-4700 in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gamblinghelplinema.org or call 800-327-5050-427 support in Massachusetts or call 1-877-8-HOPE. NY or text Hope NY in New York. 